Welcome to Shadows of Prophecy, a D&D real play podcast where we will find out what it takes to become a hero, face our darkest fears, and pull ourselves out of a pit of despair. Shadows of Prophecy is a Dungeons & Dragons podcast with violent themes and adult language. Listener discretion is advised. With us today, to traverse through adventures of loss and tragedy, we have Dan as our ambivalent DM, myself, Timothy, as our astute historian bard, Alice Perroque, Helen as an eclectically mossy druid, Panret, and Russell as our rambunctiously protective hermit, Uprilin Upri. Join us as we enter the Shadows of Prophecy. Prologue, A World Unravels. Chapter three, A Reckoning of Truth. Alice, you notice that one of the nearby rooms, one of the walls has collapsed. Most of the rooms, like I said, are are kind of walled in. But Alice, you notice that one of the walls in these rooms has collapsed and you can get inside one of the rooms. Uh, just, just, just a moment. Just, just wait here. I, I cannot pass up this opportunity. Opportunity for what, Al? And as Opry is asking that question, Alice is going to crawl in through the hole in the wall. On the other side of the hole is a very sparsely decorated room, but in the center of the room is a pedestal, and there seems to be an old tome on it. Opry's going to call from the other side of the wall. Al, now you don't go too far now, you hear? Oh, don't worry about me. This isn't my first rodeo. Is that... Rodeo. This isn't my first rodeo. It's canonical. There are now rodeos in this world. (laughs) 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 It's canon. I I like to imagine Uh, that the rodeos aren't like horse riding, though. Like, or bull riding. It's like something... Yeah, It's it's, goats. It's goats. Goats. Okay. Like, the gnomes ride, like, rodeo on goats, and, like, humans rodeo on some other mythical creature that I can't It's actually called the godeo. A godeo. (laughs) Depending on where you are, yeah. (laughs) Did you like how I leaned into the microphone to tell the joke? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) So you see this tome on a pedestal. Yeah, I would like to approach the pedestal a little gingerly. What does the tome look like? It's a leather tome. It's got a clasp, and it seems like it's been preserved pretty well. So there hasn't, must have not been a lot of airflow through this room, as you can imagine, with it being sealed off. And based on, like, how old this building is, how old do you imagine the tome would be? You imagine that the hole you crawled through must have been very recent. So maybe with the disturbance of the the statue crashing through kind of knocked some stones loose. So it's very well preserved for how old it is. Can I look around the room and, like, is there any indication of, like, a pressure plate at the base of this pedestal? Give me an inf- investigation check. 17. No, you don't see any traps or anything. It doesn't seem like they were trying to, like, keep people away from it. I mean, the structure itself is built to keep people out. Meanwhile, Panred is holding their backpack up to the hole. Is this helping to try to illuminate? <laughs> oh, no need to trouble yourself, my dear. I, I, I can see all right. Oh, okay. Never mind. 
And Avery, do we want to have a snack while they're? Oh, absolutely. Pull up mushrooms. We're eating mushrooms while you're. Oh, yeah. And so there are also mushrooms starting to grow on the inside of this building. Are they still purple? Purple and white. Yeah. So I am going to pick up this tome. Give Um, me a constitution check. Oh, okay. (laughs) 13. Okay. So as you pick up this tome, some dust kicks up because it's been a long time. It's been sitting there for a while. And you kind of breathe in a little bit and you cough a little bit, but you're fine. (laughs) You feel fine. It's just a little bit, you know, a little bit of coughing. It's, It's good. I'd like to turn it over in my hands, inspect it a little bit. What, anything I notice in particular? As you turn it over, you don't find anything particularly, nothing stands out to you. It's just like a standard, kind of like your standard leather tome that you might find in any bookstore or library. Nothing too descript on the outside other than like the clasp that holds it shut. All right, so with dark vision, I can't read mm-hmm. in the dark so i will take it with me put it in my pack and rejoin the group okay did you find anything in there oh just just a little book i'm hoping that i'll have a nice story to tell after all of this well shall we continue don't worry i didn't disturb anything if that's what you're asking Mm-hmm. just remember curses are real you said <laughs> so yourself <laughs> that's that's right i probably should have cast detect magic on it um well what's done is done hey a curse received is a lesson learned all right shall proverbs we? 18-2 <laughs> <laughs> will continue cool. climbing down as normal it's carrying all the ropes yeah so the first floor is very much like all the rest of the floors a lot of sealed off rooms not much you can do there but then once you get down to the first floor you do see that The statue seems to have crashed, like I said, all the way down through the first floor and what seems to be an open cavern underneath the ground and that the weight and the force of it crashing down multiple floors has kind of collapsed that cavern. But you do see that there is one way that if you were to climb down into the the sinkhole or to the cavern, you can kind of make your way deeper into the earth. This is a natural cavern? Or it seems to be like, yeah. So at the bottom of the cavern, you see obviously rubble, a lot of dirt where the floor and the, the ground has collapsed. But inside the cavern seems to be the natural stone walls. And there are more of those mushrooms growing very abundantly in the cavern itself. So it's safe to say the air is really like humid and moist. Yeah. Yeah. Humid and moist. What a fascinating ecosystem we have down here. Yeah, uh, watch your foot now. I don't know how stable this cavern is. I guess better safe than sorry. Thank you, Epri. That's why I'm here. Finger guns. <laughs> right back at you. So the cavern, does it keep going? Can we see where the statue is? Or have, you, have you climbed all the way down? Yes. Yeah, I yeah, suppose do you all descend? we should all descend down. Yeah. yeah. Upri will go first. Alice will follow next. And then Penrat, lastly, I'm assuming Penrat decides to join everybody. What? <laughs> <laughs> There's the cat. Sorry. Uh, Penrat, I'm assuming, joins everybody else. Yes. 
So yeah, once you reach the bottom, you can see deeper into the cave, and it does continue on into a larger cavern. But because dark vision only goes so far, there's not too much you can see. But the mushrooms definitely like become more and more prevalent. Like there's just a bunch more. They start to get bigger. Like the ones you were seeing above ground were just like your standard size, maybe like three or four inches tall, depending on, you know, those were the big ones. These are starting to get like six to 10 inches tall. And so they're becoming much, much more prevalent. And you also notice that in the air, there are little white particles that just seems to float around. And as you like pass through, like... Like spores? Like spores, exactly. Which seems fairly natural for... A thing full of mushrooms. A thing full of mushrooms, exactly. Would we know to like not breathe those in? Because they're the white spores and not purple spores. Mm. Can't make sense. Uh They're probably fine to breathe in. And they can't really harm you. Okay. This is probably fine, Panrad says. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I do hope so. You might have said this already, but do we see the statue yet? Is it here? No, the statue is not in the immediate area. Um, But everybody give me an investigation check as you've descended into the, the earth. Fifteen. Five. <laughs> also fifteen. Okay. Alice and Upri, as you kind of climb down from the pile of rubble that you initially descend onto, you do notice that there's this, like, large drag mark in the earth going deeper into the tunnels. That is maybe statue-sized? Uh, Al, I think, I think this was a heist. I think something or someone took the statue. Someone... Oh, down here? Weird. Yes. I, yeah. Come I here. Thought Pan, Pan, look at look at these markings over here. Fallen right oh. where we stand. But yes, it it does look like someone took it. I wonder who lives down here, or or how they would have gotten down here. I. This is all very strange. Yeah. Just be on alert. Do we see any sort of like footprints beside the drag marks? Or have the drag marks basically covered everything up behind it? Yeah, so it's just a big drag mark. Okay. So if somebody was like pulling from the front, it would have like covered up or destroyed any feet, footprints. Mm. Or maybe it's a flying creature dragging it. I don't know. In a tunnel, it makes sense. Just go with it. Just kidding. It's probably not a. Are there spider footprints on the ceiling? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do you, do spiders leave footprints? Yeah, little little like paint holes. Oh, I've never noticed. They're really confusing to track, honestly. <laughs> so, should we just follow the drag mark? Yeah, ca- cautiously. Okay. That is our only lead at the moment, so, yes. Into the tunnel we go. Into the thick of it. Into the thick of it. So, as you proceed down this tunnel, you find yourself in a large chamber. I Before that... How are you proceeding? Are you stomping your way through? On What's foot. The... <laughs> Great. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, we're we're going to proceed stealthily. Okay. I'll be in the front. Stealthily? Yeah. Does that mean that we need to make a stealth check? Uh, yeah, everybody give me a stealth check, just so I have it on. I it. should probably stop asking these questions. <laughs> <laughs> also, sh- should we put out that light, Al? Twelve? I don't think we do because <laughs> I got a three. I got a natural one. <laughs> I'm just writing down failed. 
Failed. <laughs> Next to Aubrey. We have failed. Good to know. We left our light on. We are stomping <laughs> around. I trip over a mushroom. Tripping over everything. <laughs> I, rolled a crowd. I rolled a 12, but I have a luminescent backpack, so. <laughs> so as you proceed into the next room, you see this cavern open up. And in the cavern, the mushrooms are just enormous. They're huge. And you also start to see some ones that don't necessarily fit into what you've been seeing regularly. These mushrooms are amazing. Look at that. I could live in that one. (laughs) Oh, that would make a cute little house, wouldn't it? Fascinating. Um, But you see a couple of them in particular stick out to you as odd. On the other side of the chamber, that leads... That like so you'd have to pass by them to with the drag mark. If you're following the drag marks, you're gonna have to pass by these odd mushrooms. Does everybody know what a morel looks like? Yes. You know? Delicious. Yes. yes. Just moved here from Michigan. <laughs> so these tall, four to five feet tall purple mushrooms, instead of having like caps like you would normally see on a mushroom, they were like these almost like columns with like big pores in them. And you're not quite sure, but it almost looks like they might be swaying or shifting. That's weird. There's no breeze. We're underground. That is right? very that is strange. Yes, Penrith. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't like. I don't like that. I never fancied myself as a mycologist, but after seeing these, maybe I might get into it. Everybody, give me a nature check. Eight. I didn't realize I was good at nature. Um, 24. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> Two. Okay. Well, the 24 on the table, you're not a mycologist, so you don't know a whole lot about mushrooms to begin with. But you do know that there are species of mushrooms that are more than just... Well, there are species of plants in general that are more than just inanimate plants. like So that there are, there are some types of creatures that are plant-based that can move and are potentially aggressive. You don't know if that's necessarily the case, so, but you've heard of these things before. Alice tells us this. Yeah. Right. Um, we, we might want to be a, li- a little careful down here. I, the motions are giving me uh, reservations. Penrat says hello to one of the mushrooms just to see if it responds. Oh, good idea. <laughs> Is there a response? On one of the big hammer? ones? Yeah. One of the big purple ones? How close do you get to say hello? This chamber's about maybe like 20, 25 feet long. So they're at the other end of the the chamber. Like 10 feet? A respectful distance? What's that, like two squares? It's two squares, yeah. Uh, (laughs) So you walk up on this mushroom and go, hello, from about 10 feet? Is that what I understand? Correct. So out of one of the pores of this mushrooms, a tentacle shoots out and lashes out at you. Everybody roll for initiative. Pan Pan, what you doing? Silly Pan Pan. Tim, so even though I don't have magic, can I still flavor? Like, Yeah. Even though it won't have effects? 15. 6. 4. Well, I guess I kind of already took the initiative, so it makes sense. <laughs> Well, I, I was just thinking, you know, we talked it out with the Bullywugs earlier. Maybe this would be a similar situation. <laughs> it was very good thinking. 
As soon as the pseudopod goes out for Pan, Upri's going to try to pull her hammer out. She's going to get it stuck on, like, roots. <laughs> God damn it! Yeah, that makes, that's fair. And so you're just a little bit delayed. It's so okay. is it just, it just, like, hits me, or...? Um, it's going to try and hit you. So okay. it's lashing out to try and hit you. What's your AC? I should write all this down. Nine. What? Alice, what's your AC? I forgot to put armor on this character. Oh. <laughs> so you're literally just wearing a bush. <laughs> Oh my god. But I'm just gonna roll with it. <laughs> you know. I love that. Our first um, character death. Twelve. Fourteen. So it does lash out at you. And rolls in that one, so it misses. You have the wherewithal just at ten feet, so you're like, hello, a little cautiously, so you're just out of its reach, so it lashes out I and see. like swings close, but does not hit you. I think these mushrooms are aggressive. You think? Penrod, it's your turn. I'm going to attack the mushroom using ice knife. Sounds good. Ooh. Spicy. Um, It's dex 13 save. Oh, yeah. So go ahead and roll your attack. Okay. See if you hit it. The damage changes if it fails the dexterity check. Yeah. It failed. Okay. So then it's 2d6. Oh. Have I been using an ice knife for Five. Five damage? Okay. Is there an area effect after that? On a hit, the target takes piercing damage. So five piercing damage. Then the shard explodes. Then another dexterity saving throw. Oh. For cold damage. What's the save for that one? 13. It also fails that one as well. Fails again? Okay. Mm -hmm. So then 2d6 cold damage. 11. 11. Jesus. Okay. Well, you so got this the is same a shard pan. of ice that hits the mushroom and then explodes. Yeah. So it tears through this mushroom. It is not a sturdy, I mean, it's a mushroom, so it's mostly spongy. So it just like, you tear holes throughout this thing and it's like leaning over inside, but it's still flailing about a little bit. What noise does it make when it, it's injured? I mean, it doesn't make a noise, but the ice knives going through it go like... <laughs> Something like that, <laughs> along those lines. Sure. That is yeah. what ice sounds like. Well, that's what, like, tearing sounds like. <laughs> yeah, it's like, because you're, like, I tearing see. through it. Yeah, and then, pew, as your ice knife explodes. Should we get a mushroom and tear it into the microphone to... Oh, my God. The... No, it would sound like flesh tearing. <laughs> 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 that makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> Alice, it is your turn. Oh, yes, I'm very good at battle. <laughs> Yes, I, I some some even say I'm a skilled fighter as well. <laughs> I am going I'm gonna go give inspiration to Upri. Are you a bard? <laughs> yes, I'm a bard. <laughs> so Alice is going to cower a little behind Upri's <laughs> large form and just pat her on the back. Uh, all right, my dear. Uh, uh, you go. You go. Take care of this now. Ah, ma'am. And now you get a d6 as your inspiration on your next. Do you roll attack it, or roll. I just roll it? Uh, you roll it with your next attack or okay. action or. I've never had a bard that inspired me before. Right? Because nobody plays bards anymore. Except for Jeff, who doesn't inspire. <laughs> right? Who doesn't inspire people? <laughs> Selfish bard. It's just a bard thing, I think. Okay, so is that everything, Alice? Is that your turn? Oh, that's only a bonus action, so I guess I can throw a dagger at it. 
Okay. Same one that Panrat attacked. They're two oh, that them. one's not dead? No. Remember, it's still like flailing away. It's like oh, no. slumped over okay. and like collapsing. Yeah, I'll in throw it at the same one. Does a nine hit? A nine does hit. Ooh. Okay. Two piercing damage. Perfect. That's all you needed. As you toss your knife at it, you sever the majority of the top column part. So there's very little bit left holding it together, and it just collapses over and stops moving. Well, damn. You've killed a creature. Mighty fine work there, Al. I didn't think you had it in you. Neither did I, (laughs) frankly. The other mushroom is going to move, move. It looks like it's rooted to the ground. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but it's cilia are gonna like uproot itself. Like you didn't quite see it because it's buried beneath the ground, but it's gonna slightly uproot itself and like kind of pull itself towards you. You can tell that it's laborious for this thing to move. So it's like a starfish. At- yeah. <laughs> sure. <With> tiny, tiny, <laughs> tiny, tiny, tiny tendrils. And you see it's like it like with all of its effort pulls itself towards you only five feet. So it just like kind of creeps at you and lashes out at Panrek because you're just close enough. Um, oh, that hits. I'm assuming a 20 hits. And it does five necrotic damage. Ooh. It doesn't necessarily bludgeon you in a way, but it's touch alone like feels like burns and almost r- feels like your skin is starting to rot. Five. Five. Okay. A whole five damage. Which, what well, are you a wizard? What is your? I'm what, a druid. Are you okay? That makes. I have sense. ten max HP, so I have five now. So it hurts. It, it hurts. hurts a lot. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that is Upri's turn. Upri yanks her hammer out of the roots. Hold on, Pan Pan, I'm a coming. And then she slams it on the ground behind her while she runs forward and it creates like this trail of multicolored spirals where like where the hammer drags along the ground behind her. And then she swings upward and slams into the mushroom or attempts to. All right. And you, do you, you have inspiration. Thank God. Yes. Seven. Oh, wait. Uh, seven no. hits. Oh. Remember, it's a mushroom. <laughs> it's <laughs> 11. But. It's a giant almost stationary mushroom. I was thinking about that when I realized I made you roll a dexterity save. <laughs> it's dexterity is literally one. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, that's six points of bludgeon and damage. Okay, yeah. And then I'm going to use my bonus action to rage, which I should have did first. Alright, and that is up to Penrith. Your turn again. Can I, like, step back and then heal myself? You can, because you're right next to it at this point, you would have to use an action to disengage. Okay. Um, or else it's going to get an opportunity attack, which is probably not a great thing for you. Okay, I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to hit it with my quarter staff. Brilliant, yep. So I need to roll to hit it. Yes. 18. That hit. Now the quarter staff is 1d6 plus 2. 4 damage. Nice. Level one. Level <laughs> one. You wallop this thing. Yeah, I just love the idea of you just taking a stick and beating a mushroom to death. Alice, that's your turn. So Alice is going to run up behind Panret and touch them on the shoulder blade and use Cure Wounds. Perfect. Go ahead and roll your healing. 
nine points of healing. So you are back up to full health. I feel you better feel than great. ever. You feel better than you did before. I do. Alice, anything else on your turn? Then I... <laughs> Penred has fully healed and the I scar on their eyebrow is back gone. behind the fray yet again. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> All right. It's the Shroomy's turn. And it's going to attack the bigger threat at this point. So Upri, uh, you're getting... Bring it. Fungi. That's a 19 to hit. Good one. My heels. It does seven points of necrotic damage. Ow. <laughs> I mean, gotta uh, love being Oh shit, one. this hurts. <laughs> oh, that burns. Oh, tits. Upri, that's your turn. You son of a bitch. And Upri's just gonna wail on it. And now she's wailing on it. Her normally dark red eyes kind of start to glow a little bit. Mm. Not like glow in the dark, but like it almost looks like there's light swirling behind them. 17. 17 hits, yep. And that's going to be four. Math. Uh, 12 plus three is 15. Plus two is 17. That's enough. So I just want (laughs) to smash it to a pulp. So you uh, just wallop on this thing multiple times, and it's... Upri, up- Upri, I think it's dead. Yeah. It's uh, now, now a pile of mush on the ground. <laughs> um, everybody from give me... Mush to uh, mush. <laughs> from mush to mush. From mush to mush. A oh, podcast. No. <laughs> so we're out of combat. They're both very much dead. Everybody give me a perception check as you're kind of settling down from the fight. 10. 18. 9. <laughs> okay. It makes sense because Panrat and Upri were like in the fray and Alice was kind of standing back. But Alice, you noticed that as Upri was dragging her hammer, we'll call it. Sure. It's a, Maul, a great hammer. hammer. Her great hammer, her tree along the ground that obviously you kicked up some white spores, but also some purple spores kicked up into the air too as you were dragging your hammer through. And yeah, that's what you notice, that these were kind of settled on the ground. And as she dragged her hammer through, they kind of kicked up into the air. You guys were breathing. This is what I get for being extra. (laughs) 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 Well, well, how how are you both feeling after that battle? Um, I feel great. And she hits it again. Oh, oh, oh. It's okay, Upri. It, it is very dead now. Um, perhaps we should continue moving on. Upri is still somewhat injured, right? I mean, it's just it's just a little flesh wound, and then just like a big melted gash across her stomach. It's uh, fine. Necrotic. It'll, yeah, it's like <laughs> rotting. Oh, It'll go away in a few days, I'm sure. Um, let me help you with that. And Alice is going to place her hand on Upri, again, cast Cure Wounds. Oh, that tangles. This time only for four points of healing damage. It's mostly gone, but there's, there's definitely still some, uh, a bit of like a, the shape of a tentacle <laughs> in her stomach, just like dented in a little. I'm afraid, but that's all I can give today. Oh, that's more I'm than enough. Rather I drained. Great. Oh no, well, you, you <laughs> use both your spell slots on the first five. <laughs> You don't want to know what my uh, cantrips are. <laughs> all non-combative, I'm sure. <laughs> so, uh, 
I mean, you did cast two light spells. Those are cantrips. Oh, light's cantrip? Light is oh, cantrip. okay. Never mind. Just kidding. I don't know why I thought it was the first level spell. Uh, it can I be, get I so think. stressed out when I feel like I'm running out of spells. <laughs> I have a walking stick <laughs> and a dagger. <laughs> so, Alice, as you cast your last spell of the day, pretty much, um, <laughs> you start to feel a little bit dizzy, which is a bit weird because normally you've used up your arcane capacity before, but it's like odd because you normally don't feel weird about it. It's just like you feel drained, but like, but you like start to feel a little dizzy. And as you like close your eyes to steady yourself, you see a vision of dirt and rocks falling in on top of you. And you feel this weight almost like it's not actually crushing you and like pushing you to the ground, but in your mind, you feel like your muscles being like trapped and underneath dirt and heavy, heavy rubble. And as you open your eyes, that that feeling passes. Oh, 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 I, I don't know what just came over me. D- oh. Did you all see that? Alice, you look like you need to sit down. I, I, I would think that I should. Um, oh. Uh. This mushroom over here looks nice. Slap it. <laughs> well, hopefully they don't attack us. I, I don't. I don't know oh, what right. we do. Um, it does not respond to you slapping it. Okay, <laughs> oh, thank goodness. Um, I, I, I will take a moment, just just a moment to, to, to pause and, and think. Um, n- neither of you saw that. Saw what? I, I received a vision, um, which is always horrible. There were rocks and they, they all fell on me and crushed me and I could I could feel it. It was so oppressive and devastating but then it was over in a flash and here I am has this ever happened to you before I don't believe so I mean only in dreams but never in the waking day maybe you're just hungry do you need a snack (laughs) (laughs) yeah maybe a mushroom maybe a little nibble would do I, I do I do feel a little lightheaded, and so out of her pack, she's just gonna pull out a little bit of rations and just like nibble off a little bit, and take a swig of water. Anything else you want to do in this room for following the the drag marks? Yeah, let's follow the drag marks. Is We're there, gonna spit on one of the dead mushrooms before we go. Is though. there anything shiny nearby? No, nothing terribly shiny. No. Um, so the drag marks head that way. Yeah. Uh, well, Ale, do you think we should check out these other two rooms, or? So there's open passageways to our right and left, and the drag marks are heading straight ahead into another passageway. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. They continue forward, but as you pass through, you do see the chamber branches off into like other passageways and other chambers, and whether or not you want to explore, that's up to you guys. I think we should continue pursuing the statue. Yes, I, th- I, I think our best uh, course of action is a, a efficient and effective route forward. Sounds good. Don't want to run into any more of those, um, moral-looking fellas. Well put, Ale. Well put. Um, so as you all proceed into the next room, I imagine you're doing it quietly as possible. Yeah? Yes, please. All right, give me another stealth check, everybody, since we're moving forward. I'll let you reset that one. 
19. Oh. I'm being very cautious because I cannot 12? help anymore. <laughs> Same as before. All right, 12. Well Seven. Okay, not as bad as a one. <laughs> so as you proceed into the next room, similarly to the room before, you... Uh, see a lot of these like white and purple mushrooms and as you proceed toward down the path that the the drag marks go these mushrooms just constantly are getting bigger and bigger and bigger and more and there are more of them too so they're like covering the walls at this point but in the middle of the room you notice five mushrooms that look very odd these don't seem to be swaying as much but they're big capped mushrooms and on the caps there are these big holes that just cover the caps themselves. Give me survival checks or nature checks, either one. The dice is going in jail. Uh, eight on survival. <laughs> 16. 14. Okay. Panrat and Alice, you recognize these. They're not too uncommon, but you typically don't see them too often, but you've either read about them or seen them in your travels. These are known as shriekers, is what you would call them in common. And they're typically fairly harmless. Shriekers? Shriekers, yeah. But what you know about them is that if you get too close, they push air through these holes that they have in their cap and let out this, like, terrible high-pitched shrieking noise, hence the name. They're typically harmless, but they would definitely call things in if if other things could hear them. It's just like an extremely loud, high-pitched noise that they let off. But you do know that it's only if they notice you and only if you get too close. How do they see? They sense. Oh, okay. They have a like a blind Do we sense. know how close is too close? Probably like threatening distance. So like within like maybe like 20 feet-ish, they might go off. But typically it's only when they feel particularly threatened. Okay. Oh, we would do best to stay away from those. Oh, I can't imagine the sound they would let out all five of them there. Is there any way for us to creep around them? Yeah, I'd say so. Like around the perimeter of the room? Yeah. And does there seem to be anything else along the perimeter of the room that we should be concerned with? Nothing else along the perimeter room that seems out of place. Obviously those huge purple and white mushrooms, but they're the same type of mushrooms that you've been seeing throughout the forest, or at least on your way into the temple. So if they only respond when they feel threatened, just keep your body language very relaxed. <laughs> <laughs> and don't make eye contact. Yeah. Yeah. Panret, as you are kind of giving these instructions on how to uh, not disturb a shrieker, you notice that when you blink, instead of seeing darkness, you see a bright light. Does that make sense? That when you close your eyes... I think my eyes might have gone backwards. Um. What do you you mean, Penrit? Well, I'm blinking and getting flashes instead of darkness. So as you continue to blink, because you're naturally going to continue to blink, the span of time in which this light permeates your mind increases until all you see is this bright light and you start to feel this oppressive heat and blistering and drying of your skin almost as if you're being like put under like got too way too close to the sun you like feel this like almost as like your entire body is drying out and dying and then all of a sudden it's gone pinrep falls over 
idea. What, what, what's going on? Bang, Are you okay? Bang. I just had a really unusual experience. Penred is still blinking. <laughs> But the flashes are gone. The flashes are gone. Your skin is normal. Like, ever, you now feel normal. But you felt, during that moment, you felt this, like, intense pain and intense fear as well. As if, like, you knew that this was the end. I, I could have sworn that I was just on fire. But that's Do all my odd. leaves look okay? Um, you, you, you look fine to me, Pen. Yeah, they, they look quite uh, full. Well, Alice, you had something similar happen earlier. Upri, do you yeah, feel Upri, normal? Do you feel okay? Yeah, I mean, other than the, you know, scar across my tummy, I'm fine. Right? Yeah. Very odd. Uh, I, should we do anything with this information, or should we just keep going? I Maybe don't know what we would do. You think it, the spores might be hallucinogenic? You know, Upri, that is a very good idea. I don't know what we do with that, though. Could we know that? You know what? I'll do somehow? a test real quick. And I take a deep breath. Okay. <laughs> um, as you do this, you not necessarily black out, but your vision blacks out. And all of a sudden, as you kind of look around, you feel this intense fear And as you look up, you notice three giant figures standing above you, towering over you with these menacing faces. They are almost humanoid, but also monstrous at the same time. One of them is giant and green. One of them is covered in brambles and is reaching down at you. And the other one stands aside and watches, almost looms over the chaos that is happening around you. And... As they reach down at you, you f- almost feel like you're going, like they're going to crush you. They're definitely going to kill you. You have this intense, like, end feeling about it. Like, there's nothing that you can do about them. They're stronger than you. They will end you. There's nothing you can do. And after a moment, that feeling passes and your vision returns to you. Yeah, maybe, maybe don't do that. <sighs> yeah, we, we, we should. She just rips off a piece of, like, fabric or fur and ties it around her face. We shouldn't be breathing this in. I mean, at least not while we're here, you know, doing stuff. So do we all cover our nose and mouth? Yes, I suppose With some kind of facial covering? Yeah, Alice fashions some sort of facial covering with the cloth in her duster. Cool. All right. After the marks, we go. All right. You proceed down. The shriekers don't seem to pay you any mind, so they just stay as is. No yelling, which is always great. You pass through this chamber into another chamber. Shocker that there are chamber <laughs> upon chambers. And you notice a, a couple more shriekers in the middle of the room, but easily passable, as we found out. But you also notice one other creature that seems to be floating around. It's this bulbous, almost five to six foot tall creature that seems to be almost like ballooning across the room. As it turns, it looks at you with one giant eye in the middle of its bulbous shape. On top of it grow green mushrooms that seem to be kind of bump along the ceiling as it 
traverses the area, and it kind of stares at you. Uh, everybody give me a, again, either survival or a nature check. 17. 7. 6. On survival. And with a 17, you recognize this thing. You've seen this before. You've maybe even fought one before. This is a gas spore, and you know it to typically be pretty passive. They're not terribly aggressive, unless they're looking to procreate, in which case they will lay their spores inside of a warm creature, and then baby gas spores will pop out of this warm creature. It's an unpleasant experience. So you've heard. Never experienced it yourself. But for the most part, they're pretty tepid, unless they're looking to breed. (laughs) Which is gross. Does it look horny? (laughs) Give me an insight check. (laughs) 22. It does not look horny, but it is looking at you, the party, and it starts to, like, float over to you. So its movement is like, it kind of like uses its like mushrooms on the top to like push itself along the ceiling as it floats over. Mm -hmm. You also know it can pop. It's like a balloon. It's full of gas, which is not a pleasant experience to be standing in when it does. Mm -hmm. It is slowly bumping its way over to you. I'm going to make it gluten free. Uh, What is that? It it looks rather um, unnerving. Um, you probably don't want this to touch you. We'll do something about that. It continues to slowly bump its way over to you. Um, Maybe you're like um, 20 feet away. Um, uh. Alice is going to throw a dagger. <gasps> okay, give me an attack. Does a 15 hit? A 15 does hit. Ooh, yay. So you huck a dagger over at this thing and it immediately pops. Green gas comes out of it, and spores just kind of puff out in the area and then slowly settle onto the ground. Well, that could have been bad. I almost hit that with my hammer. <laughs> oh, dear, yes. Um, if we see any more of those, Bub, do keep your distance. What are, anything else you want to do in this room? There don't seem to be any, any other things except, again, those shriekers. But they're in the middle of the room, so you can walk around them should you choose. Yeah, let, best avoid those. Yeah. We'll walk around the perimeter of the room, waiting for the spores to settle, maybe pressing the cloth firmer into our faces. So as you proceed into the next room, you start to notice that every time you blink, you're starting to see a collection of the visions that you've seen before. That any of the party so so you might blink and see towering figures looming over you looking to crush you or blinding oppressive light that shrivels and melts your skin or rocks and dirt crushing down on you and you being entombed can't even move can't breathe so every time you close your eyes you get these like flashes of these feelings that almost start to permeate your normal reality yes can I try to do a medicine roll to see if I would like would peeing on our masks neutralize <laughs> the effect? Uh, g- yeah, give me a medicine roll. Let's see how that goes. Because that's what you, they did in World War One with mustard gas. 13. You would imagine that whatever is giving you hallucinations is already in, already inside of you. Oh. Right. Um, because you've probably already breathed in whatever it is that's doing this to you. You can't really get rid of it. But it might pass. 
doesn't seem to be harming you in any way, just giving you these like the really like terrible visions. Oh um, boy, y'all, this is gonna be a trip. <laughs> uh, everybody, give me a perception check as you proceed into the next room. Normally, or yeah, just a normal perception check. It's not these visions aren't necessarily hindering your ability to do things, but the, it's mostly like this feeling that you're getting. It's mm. distressing, probably. It's distressing. Yeah. yeah, I got a six on perception. Okay, sixteen. Mine was a seven. So as you kind of round the bend and following these drag marks, Upper, you look down another like passageway where the drag marks aren't going. And right as you are kind of looking that way, you see a line of mushrooms, small ones, like maybe like five to six inches tall, kind of skittering away from you into the next room and kind Sorry, of pass out of your sight. Sorry, is that skittering as in the verb? As in they're moving? Yes. Is that, not, is that not the word I was looking for? No, it just wouldn't expect mushrooms to skitter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> These ones look like they had like little legs. Oh my uh, god. And arms. Little okay. And they're like running in a group. Question like, away. Question. Yeah. Are they cute? Very, <laughs> very cute. And they're like all different colors, all different shapes. Like they're all pretty small, like five to six inches, but there are probably a couple that are like eight to ten inches. And they're all different kinds of mushrooms too. So some of them have like big flat caps, other ones are more like morel shaped in their heads but they were running away from you and they're kind of like skittering away give me a nature check also would you like to share what you saw <laughs> this is another question oh was i the only one that saw yeah you were the only one that, that natural one five uh y'all i think i saw some baby mushrooms running away from us they were they were low-key kind of cute though so like did you say running yeah like with feetsies. With feet? Yeah. Mushrooms. Not like human feet. No, not human feet, but like, but like legs. Nubs. Legs and like... <laughs> Little pseudopods. Pattering, pattering around. Give me nature checks. Now that you've all heard this. Not gonna lie, I kind of want one as a pit. Uh, 15. Alice, you have heard tales of mushroom creatures like this, but you've never confirmed... Like, there aren't necessarily confirmed evidence of it in mm-hmm. least what you've read but you've you've heard of myconids before they're tales that you've heard even as kids like you've heard like stories about like mushroom people living under the earth and you call them myconids because they're mushroom people you're sure you saw mushrooms with feet right uh, uh, pre? not like feet feet but like yeah like they had legs Interesting. I, I, I thought those were just a, a tall tale. I've heard stories of these. Um, Are they dangerous? In my stories, they're, well, they're usually afraid of people. I mean, they were running from us. So as you contemplate myconids and what you've heard about them, in the tales that you've heard, you would know that myconids, because they're plant people, in a sense that they will not really plant people because they're mushroom. You get it. Um, but they don't have like vocal cords or a ways of communication in the way that humanoids do. And so you, uh, you have heard stories that they talk through almost like a telepathic system. They use a telepathic spore to communicate with each other. They don't necessarily have a language, but they talk through like images and feelings and sounds 
that they communicate with each other through their mind. Oh. I suppose maybe the visions we've been receiving are actually a form of communication. But they're so apocalyptic and violent. They they are. Um, do, do you think that's what they want to do to us? Everybody give me an insight check. Uh, no, I think that's just their perspective of what's happening to them. Uh, just kidding. I think they want to murder the shit out of us. <laughs> yeah, I also got a three. Yeah, they're definitely dangerous. We should kill every What's single one check? of them. Five. Five. Insight. Eight. Oh my god, y'all. Yes, let's go murder them. Um, Maybe they can get some little mushroom therapists to help them yeah. figure this out. Yeah, it's not on us. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty clear that they're running away from you, so they're afraid of you. Maybe they're preparing defenses. Should uh, should we turn back? Could they, I d- no, we gotta get that gold statue or those billowogs are gonna stick us. <laughs> with, with spears, not get them out of the gutter. <laughs> oh no. Um, well, I guess we're in a bind then. It'll be fine. Now that we know it's just them being scared. Remember, just keep your body language relaxed. Yes, relaxed. Um, I, I, I'm very, I, I I'll, I'll, I'll work on it. Act like you're not a threat. Well, Alice, you don't really need to act. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fairly true. Um, maybe I'll bring you, uh, well, I don't want you standing in the back in case I, 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 I need your protection, but um, maybe you just uh, hold back just a, just a bit. We don't want to frighten them. Sure. I mean, that's not the way we have to go anyway, right? Yeah, they were running away from you, so they're not down the path of yeah. the... They weren't running down we'll the path of the... just let them be. The, um, Why don't you stay in the middle, Al? That's a little safe sandwich for me and Pam Pam. I, I suppose that's all right. Um, Henrat tries to think positive thoughts, hoping that they will pick them up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, oh. Can you give me an example? <laughs> What are Panret's positive thoughts? Just bushes. Panret is thinking very hard about a small lizard. <laughs> um, so as you as you think this, these visions that you're getting start to meld with your thoughts about this lizard. So now in your thoughts about being like crushed by rocks or attacked by giants or... Uh, like, Illuminated by burning light. Uh, right, 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 right. By burning light. There's just a lizard in all of these visions now. You see <laughs> Panret start to tear up. <laughs> Pam, Pam, you okay? Just, Any moment? This poor lizard is just... I didn't want it to be hurt. Y- yeah, sure. I, we ain't gonna hurt no lizard. It'll be fine. So do you guys continue down the path? Yeah. So uh, you make your way into another chamber, shocker, and you see another one of these gas bubbles, uh, or these gas spores kind of floating around. It doesn't seem to notice you, though. This is the one we popped earlier, right? Like, same kind? Same kind, yeah. Um, Aubrey's going to pull out a hand axe. Okay. Also, everybody give me a perception check while you are throwing said hand axe. Six perception. Nine. 
Alright, it was a 22 to hit. I did 5 damage. It has one hit point. It pops. And then I got an 18 on perception. See, it pops as you huck your hand axe into it. Like before, the gas spreads, the the spores kind of poof out, but you're not close enough to like be in the midst of the cloud, so they kind of settle. What was your perception again? Sorry. 18. 18. Both Alice and Upri notice that as this thing pops, off to your right-hand side, kind of tucked behind all the mushrooms in the wall in this crevice, it looks like wood and like this wood almost humanoid shape kind of pulls itself slowly out of this crevice in the wall looking directly at you guys and uh, starts to approach you and that is where we will put a pause on today's story thank you all for joining us for a plunge into the abyss i hope you all enjoyed this episode of shadows of prophecy Join us next time to find out what becomes of our unfortunate players in this most dreadful act. Shout out to my brother, known as the chill electronic vapor soul artist Lusk, for writing our chillingly epic theme song, editing by Scrubcast, and a big shout out to Sirenscape for some amazing atmosphere and music. Make sure you check them out at sirenscape.com. I always use them at my game table, and it adds that little something special to bring your players into the story. Also, please follow us on Twitter at Shadows Prophecy and Instagram at Shadows underscore of underscore prophecy. And hey, show us some support by becoming one of our fabulous patrons at patreon.com slash shadows of prophecy, where you can get access to bonus content like handouts, encounter maps, and even adventure guides to run your own horrific campaigns or one-shots. And at the very least, give us a five-star review on your podcast platform of choice. This is how we get the word out about our podcast, and we love sharing it with you all. Thank you, and tune in next time for more tales of dread and despair at Shadows of Prophecy. (laughs) 